Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB Pro figure athlete turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. Welcome back to The Fulfillment Project. As always, my name is Sarah, and my guest today, I am so excited to introduce you to because this is my coach. Uh, Joe and I decided to align with Craig Ballantyne in about March of this year when we first met up, and it was honestly one of the best decisions that we've ever made, and I'm really excited to bring him on the show and introduce him to you. If you don't know who Craig Ballantyne is, he first hit his stride in the 2000s with fitness info products online and has transitioned himself into a coach for high-performing entrepreneurs, helping them get ahead faster, more efficiently, all while maintaining that beautiful work-life balance that we are all striving to achieve. So in this conversation with Craig today, we're going to dive into what it really takes to be a high performer, to you know get over anxiety, to really just get out of your own way so you can get ahead head faster. And we also dive into talking about sales on Instagram, which you guys know I love. So I'm super excited for this conversation with Craig. Let's get into the interview. Hey, Craig, welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I am so excited to introduce you to my audience today. Thank you for taking the time out. Oh, no problem. This is going to be so much fun, Sarah. Yeah, amazing. So for anybody who maybe has been living under a rock who doesn't know who Craig Ballantyne is, can you maybe give us a little bit of a a Coles Notes version of how you got to where you are today and where this all started for you? Oh, absolutely. So like you, I'm from Canada and I grew up when uh, I wanted to be a a National Hockey League player. I wanted to play in the pros. Uh, I very quickly realized that's not happening. And I thought, how the heck can I get there without being a player? And I started down this path of becoming a strength and conditioning coach in the National Hockey League. I went to school for six years for it, got a master's degree, all this stuff. And then I realized I'm like a bookworm and I like sitting in front of a computer more than I like training people, which is probably crazy to everybody listening. How on earth could anybody want to sit in front of a computer? But it actually, um, I have introverted tendencies, I guess you would say. And so I like to read and write as opposed to, you know, be energetic and high energy all the time. So it it takes a lot out of me to be like that. So I stumbled into writing for Men's Health magazine, got lucky uh, when I was 25 years old, got a lot of credibility there and started selling fitness information products on the Internet. I like to say I was Canada's version of Tony Horton from P90X doing that sort of stuff. Did that for a long time, and then I transitioned into coaching high-performing entrepreneurs like yourself and Joe and writing books and doing my workshops and coaching now that I do, and I'm writing another book and holding all these big events. And so that is the transition that I made along my little journey. Amazing. That's and how I want to ask, how was that transition for you? Um, Because I mean, this is a conversation that you and I have even had about me transitioning out of Sarah, the fitness girl, and I'm sure you had that whole identity around you as well. So what was that transition like for you going into what you're doing now with high performers? 
for me, it wasn't that hard. Uh, it was something that I wanted to do for a long, long time. I mean, I really didn't want to be a fitness guy, to be honest with you. And so what I did was I started coaching people all the way back in 2007, long, long time ago. And, you know, quite frankly, it was, it was fun. It was easy. I loved doing it. And from there, it was as soon as I could possibly make that transition, I started doing it. So I held my first business seminar in 2007. Then I started coaching a lot of people. I held masterminds. Pedros Koulian and I have been running masterminds since 2009. So it's kind of like one foot in and one foot out for a long, long time. And then when I was finally able to release my first book in this area, The Perfect Day Formula, uh, then I was able to start making the, you know, doing the coaching. And and then I was fortunately just able to shut down a pretty uh, profitable fitness business because I just didn't care about it anymore. So for me, I was never wrapped up in that identity of being the fitness person. I didn't care. I don't care if people remember me from that. I have a lot of clients that, that actually come into my business coaching who were you know, users of turbulence training back in the day. But again, I don't hold on to any of that stuff. And so fortunately, it wasn't my identity. And and it was just easy because a lot of people do ask me, Sarah, like, hey, how on earth could you possibly make this transition? And I'm like, how on earth could I possibly not? It was so simple. And so you just don't have to, you know, just don't label yourself. Just don't get hung up on, oh, what will people think of me if I, you know, try and do something else? People don't care. They really, really don't. Yeah, that's they, what I've yeah. totally realized. I'm like, no one, we, we, we make these stories up in our head is really all. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So people don't care because they have way too much other stuff to think about. Um, and people don't care because they really care more about the person than the actual thing that you're doing. So you might get some people asking you, like, why are you doing it? But I mean, that's hardly uh, anything to worry about. So for me, it was it was the best thing I could possibly do. And I'm so grateful I was able to do it. Mm-hmm. So where did this calling come from to, you know, teach high performance and life work mastery and what drove you to make that transition? I really just like telling people what to do. So <laughs> it was, it was very simple for me. And I really actually think I believe I know what's best for people, which is so egotistical, but I really truly believe it that, uh, you know, I do these strength finder tests, which anybody can do on the internet. Strength finders 2.0 is a thing that's really popular. And I am strategic, visionary, futuristic, and execution based. And most people are not. And so that's why I should be telling people what to do because they don't know what they should be doing. And I know exactly what they should be doing through my experience and through my gifts. And so that's why I have uh, made that. That's why I believe that I'm good at what I do and why I'm able to do it and why I moved to doing it. So so that was the thing that's always been in my mind, knowing what's right. Here's the here's the right decision for Joe to move on the board of life to the wing position for Joe in business and in personal life. And that has just been something that. You know, I've now I figured out how to do it. I figured out how to, you know, make it into a course, into books, into everything that I do, make it an actual product, an actual revenue stream, an actual business, and actually be able to sell it to people. And fortunately, I have a lot of, I guess you would say, guru status from the fitness space. A lot of people know my name. A lot of people assume, you know, they make up stories in their heads so that I'm the guy that knows what's right for them. And it's just been, it's been a great journey. And, and so, like you said, nobody really worries about it. So don't get hung up on it and just go out there and, 
help the world with what you know that you can possibly help them with. Mm, I love that. Now, you've also struggled with uh, anxiety, and you said earlier that you are an introvert. How have you been able to, I guess, not overcome it, but not let it uh, block you from moving forward or or achieving what you have? Because I know a lot of people listening here might struggle with anxiety as well. Yeah, I I will full-blown say I have overcome it, that I've conquered it, that anybody... Um, I won't say anybody can because obviously there's certain uh, limitations in, in, uh, in some individuals, but most people can overcome almost anything, whether they feel like they're an introvert, whether they feel like they're terrible at sales, whether they feel like they're terrible, terrible at speaking publicly. So much of this is a learnable skill, you know, to be extroverted, to be the type of person that has good conversation with somebody. That's a learnable skill. That's not a, a prison that you are stuck in because you are introverted. And so when a, if, if someone calls themselves an introvert, then they are allowing themselves the path of least resistance to use the excuses of being an introvert. Like when I said I was an introvert, I would avoid talking to people. I would be antisocial. I would be, you know, uh, not as polite and I would be rude to people all because I was a, you know, quote unquote introvert who didn't like talking to people. Well, I could either live the rest of my life like that, which is not conducive to my goals and does not serve other people, or I could go out and figure out how to change that. It wasn't easy, but you can change it. And so that's this type of thing that I encourage people to do, that I coach people to do, that and realize that they can overcome that. Same with the anxiety stuff. A lot of the anxiety is lifestyle-induced. Um, some of it certainly has a genetic component, but there's so many coping mechanisms that you can help become capable of so much more with all that stuff. It's not easy, uh, but it is relatively simple. It very much like climbing Mount Everest is not easy, but it is relatively simple. The same, you know, everybody uses the same path to get up to the top of Mount Everest. It's not like you have to figure it out on your own. It's a very simple process. It's not easy, but it is simple. And it's the same with overcoming anything that you feel like is holding you back in life. It could be the most painful journey you ever go on, but you, if you decide that it's worth it, then it is a simple journey to go on. Mm, I, I love that analogy. You know, it's not easy, but it's simple. And if Yeah, we... because I've been using that in the weight loss world forever. Yeah. You know, I've, I think I first said that probably 15 years ago, and it resonates because – Listen, losing weight is simple. It's not easy, but it is simple. And once you like, if you think that it's easy, if you think like, oh, I can eat whatever I want two days a week and then, you know, exercise whenever I feel like it, then you're going to be very disappointed. But if you realize like, hey, I'm going to have to plan out my meals, you know, 90 percent of the time, I'm going to have to go and be consistent. I'm going to have to wake up at, you know, an extra half an hour early. If you accept all those things and say those are the things that I'm going to have to do in order to be successful then you are going to be successful. It's the same as, listen, I know that I'm going to have to go into social environments. I'm going to have to stand in groups of people that I, I don't know. I'm going to have to figure out opening lines and, and ways to you know, grow the conversation. I'm going to have to become a better listener, even though I'm the type of person that likes to finish people's sentences. If you say to yourself, those are the things that I have to do and I'm willing to do them, then you are going to be successful in that area of life. And it's the same with whether you want to become a great investor, whether you want to become a great speaker, all those things, once you accept what has to be done and you say, okay, those are the sacrifices I must make, I'm going to make them, then you will be successful. Mm, 
Oh, that was so perfectly said. Um, I want to go back to the anxiety there because you mentioned something. I mean, you have a product and I think it's a new book coming out about anxiety. And there's something that you coined entrepreneurial anxiety. Can you elaborate on that for us a little bit? Yeah. So entrepreneurial anxiety is an extension of regular anxiety. And it comes from the fact that most of us get overwhelmed with opportunity and taking on stuff. We don't delegate. We just think, oh, I'm a hard charging, hardworking entrepreneur, you know, probably from, you know, middle class, modest means, you know, my mother would be disappointed if she found out that I have somebody cut my lawn. Therefore, I'm going to run my business and cut my lawn and do all the laundry and do everything, uh, you know, because I don't want anybody to find out that, you know, I'm some type of person who would pay other people to do things for me. And so when you do all of that stuff, you get totally overwhelmed and you end up with anxiety and stress. And again, most of the anxiety that we have is somehow lifestyle related, whether it's from, you know, a lot of our, our fitness clients might have anxiety because they eat high sugar diets, high processed foods, um, you know, lots of caffeine, lots of alcohol. Well, that's going to give you anxiety and that's lifestyle induced. Very much like for the entrepreneur, if they do everything themselves, if they say yes to everything and have no boundaries and they're working 12 hours a day and they're sleeping very little at night, well, you have entrepreneurial anxiety, which is a lifestyle-based uh, series of decisions, and you can reverse it just like you can. You know, we can help people reverse diabetic uh, complications through better nutrition and exercise. We just need to have better boundaries around our time better decisions. We need to be open to hiring people. We need to be okay with other people doing things 90% as well as us and not being perfectionists. So that's the entrepreneurial side of anxiety. And, you know, you've come through my workshop, Sarah, and you've seen the, the systems to help people get all the clutter out of their head and create clear and concise values and visions for people so that they can go and operate in their zone of genius around what really matters. And, you know, it's a to get rid of the entrepreneurial anxiety. A lot of it comes down to alignment and saying no, you know, saying no on the stuff that doesn't matter and being aligned with your actions and your goals can really, really make someone more successful and less stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, Joe and I went through your workshop and from one part, it was great for us to be able to sit down and focus on our business because we're always so focused on our clients' businesses. And from the other aspect with exactly like what you just said there, like clearing out the clutter and, and just getting really focused and clear, which I think, and I mean, I'm sure you can agree, like most people just need to get out of their own way. <laughs> like really. Oh, absolutely. I mean, those are two of the, the big factors that I talk about with anxiety is getting out of your head because most people will they'll make their anxiety worse because they'll have a worry or a thought in their head. And if you just sit there and you think about it, your wheels start turning faster and faster and faster and the, the uh, mechanism of anxiety gets worse. So that's why you have to go out and journal or you know put it down in front of a coach who gives you outside eyes and can help you make decisions on it. That's one factor. And then another one is getting outside of yourself physically. So you need to exercise, you need to get outside in fresh air, all those types of things, get outside in sunshine, you know, combined, if you get out of your head and you get out, uh, get your body outside, you will really reduce the symptoms of your anxiety. And so the ability to spend an entire day working with somebody on your visions and stuff like that, and then having them say, well, this isn't aligned with your goals and your actions. This is something that is, 
you know, it's only going to have a 10% increase in your revenue, but this other project is a 10x increase in your revenue. Let's cut all your energy on that 10% thing and focus on the big rocks in your business. That's just, oh man, it's just so freeing and liberating. It's, it's oftentimes like somebody is just, you know, it's like taking handcuffs off somebody and allowing them to operate at a higher level. Yeah, that that third eye can always see a a better perspective than than ourselves. So, I mean, who does Craig look up to? Like, who do you go to for the clarity in your in your life in your business? Oh man, I would say almost everybody. I try and learn from every single possible person that I can. You know, I have actual coaching relationships with even with some of my clients. I hire some of my clients if they're better at sales than I am. I will hire them, like my friend Xander Fryer, who is who is one of my certified coaches. Um, I will also get, you know, help from him to overcome some mental road, roadblocks. Then I hire my friend Pedro Skoulian, who's also my business partner and a client of mine. I will hire him for leadership help. You know, I look to you and Joe for so much. I love your updates. I love the clarity you guys have. I love the fact that you get so much done when you spend so much time with family. So, the, you know, I'm learning from every single one of my client updates as well. So I certainly always have my learning hat on whenever I am interacting with anybody. It could be, man, I learned one of the biggest lessons in my life this year from a 12-year-old kid when I was on safari in Africa, just about uh, pushing outside of comfort zones and yeah, you know, it's a, it's actually kind of a long, cool, uh, short, short, cool story. I can tell if you want, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'll learn from anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us the story. Okay. So we were in Victoria Falls, Zimbabwe, um, after the safari that we went on and I was there with Joel Marion, my friend, and he had a lot of his team members there and the team members brought their kids. And so, uh, this young guy named Austin, uh, we were at Victoria Falls, and, and there's these rides you can go on. There's a zip line, and then there's this kind of like a bungee jump thing, but it's called a swing, and it's a 275-foot drop down, and you just jump, and it's crazy. I have a picture, a video on my Instagram. It's absolutely insane. And the first day that we went, I didn't do it because I made all these justifications like, oh, I don't need to do this. It's not going to help me, blah, blah, blah. And then this young kid, Austin, he went and did the zip line because he's not old enough to do the bungee swing thing. And he said, oh, man, as soon as you reach this one point, it's so freeing and like you've all these emotions are freed from you. And it was so hilarious to hear like a 12 year old kid saying that. And, and as he said, I'm like, dang, I need that. I could definitely use from some freeing emotions. So fortunately, the next day we went back to the, the same area and I went and did this bungee jump thing that all my friends did, um, Joel and, and Austin's dad and a couple other people. And I had spent the last 24 hours like regretting that I didn't do it. Fortunately, Austin and all the other kids wanted to do the zip line again. So we went back and I jumped and I, and I remember the exact moment when I felt what Austin described, this freeing sensation because you jump with this with this ride swing thing, you jump and it's harnessed to your chest. And it's not like a bungee where your head goes down first and you bounce back up, but it just swings you across over this uh, gorge. And when you're going down, you like your brain has no idea what's going on. You're free falling uh, 275 feet. You have no idea. Like you can't comprehend. You, it's going so fast. You can't visualize anything. And you even run out of scream. Like I started screaming and then the, <laughs> like the jump was still going when I ran out of air. So I had to start screaming again. And then all of a sudden it catches right at the bottom of the your fall. And 
you know, you're, you, you, it's, it's very, um, smooth and, but all of a sudden then you can kind of comprehend where you are. And I remember that moment vividly like, Oh, wow, this is amazing. Uh, thank goodness I did that. I, I just feel more confident, you know, taking big leaps in my life. And it was really like one of the, a life-changing event and it was you know there were many reasons why i ended up doing it but it was partly because of what that young guy said wow amazing yeah i've i've done bungee jumping myself too and an actual bungee jump so i know that feeling of when the resistance kicks in after the free fall and uh it it definitely is a whole body feeling that's incredible yeah yeah, it's really great yeah it's absolutely amazing Amazing. Yeah, we can we can learn from so many people as long as we're open to that growth. And I I do believe that there are people put into our lives in various situations in order to to teach us those lessons as long as we're open. So you just got back from Africa, like what you just said there. I think you were traveling for a month, right? I was. It was. uh, I thought I was just going on a thirty-one day vacation, and so much changed in those thirty-one days. It's almost like a it's, there was just so many lessons. I had so many adventures. Um, you know, I got, I didn't get sick, but I got this bug bite that resulted in infection. I had all these dramatic things going on around that, but I also had amazing experiences. I spent a lot of time with over a hundred entrepreneurs because I also combined some coaching sessions while I was there. So it was, it was like I crammed five years of living and personal growth into 31 days. It was just, uh, absolutely unbelievable. And I left, I like to say I left a lot of mental baggage behind, uh, from the trip. And so, you know, I think the biggest overriding lesson from that is new experiences, travel the world, uh, spend more time with people, get out of your own head. Um, that is going to accelerate your personal growth, your business growth, uh, faster than ever. And in fact, the funny thing was, is we had record months and record weeks while I was gone. And this can kind of like tie into our Instagram conversation because I know we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. But it was just leveraging. I was working really hard when I was gone too. But it was leveraging these experiences, right? leveraging this lifestyle that everybody wants into making sales on Instagram and my coaching stuff that it just what I mean, I was successful before, but it was more successful when I was gone and living this lifestyle that everybody wanted and proving to them that it's possible that it was social proof that filled all my courses, all my workshops. They're like, if this, if this is this guy's life, I want at least, you know, 10% of it and I'd be happy. So that was another learning experience too. Mm-hmm. I think so many people, they want, we want to feel like we can just live our life and have experiences, but still run our business at the same time. And like, let's elaborate on this and like, let's, you know, have this as a gateway into our Instagram conversation. Um, I mean, you were still very disciplined with, you know, check-in emails and and working while you're away. It was kind of like that work-life balance, right? So how did you manage the play and the experience side with your work while traveling and being on different time zones the whole time? Oh, that's a really great question. And well, first of all, the time zones didn't really matter because most of my stuff is all on email and everything, but it was just the planning of it. So it's, it's actually something I teach at all my workshops. Now I didn't teach it at yours, unfortunately, but I do teach it now. And it's this, it's, uh, the feature of my next, next book, not the one that's coming out on anxiety, but the one after that, it's going to be the perfect week formula. And I realized after, you know, coaching so many people and having, uh, you know, so many people read my book that, 
they actually struggle with, hey, Craig, I get designing a day, but how do I design a week? Because there's so many other factors in this. So now I teach how to build your perfect week. And your perfect week starts with putting in the things that are most important to you on the calendar. So going back to my trip, that's what I did. I said, you know, I am going to be 100% all in on this trip. Uh, whenever my friend Joel wants to do something, I'm going to be doing that. So, you know, I got the schedule of events and I designed, I said, okay, these are when I'm, you know, we're going to be on two safari, uh, rides per day. You know, we're going out from six in the morning till 10 o'clock. And then we go out again from four o'clock till seven o'clock every day. Okay. Those are blocked in. I'm going to have to fit my other stuff around that. And it's the same with your, when an entrepreneur is planning their week, you know, you want to have date night, you want to have your workouts, you want to have your self care and you want to have your deep work blocks and you want to have family time on the weekend. All those things go on the calendar before any of your busy work. And they provide these boundaries that allow you to operate faster and more efficiently. Because if you didn't have these things on the calendar, if you didn't put date night on the calendar and you said, well, hopefully we have date night this week, all of a sudden work bleeds into what should be date night and you go, Oh, we're going to cancel it this week, but we'll, we'll try for it again next week. That's not how you live your best life. Date night is the first thing that should go on most entrepreneurs calendars, especially if they want to have a healthy marriage, healthy relationship. Even if they have kids, date night goes on first. And when you do that, all of a sudden you go, you know what? I got to get a whole bunch of work done here on Wednesday before five thirty when we go, when I got to get home and get ready and go out to dinner with my, my partner. And that just makes you actually a better, higher performer when you have boundaries in place. So you put all those things on the calendar like I did on my vacation, all those safari trips, all the bus tours, all the, you know, uh, dinners with people that are going to take three hours, you know, all these things. And I'm like, okay, I'm left with about two and a half hours a day in order to do work. And that means I have to do the most important stuff and not get caught goofing around. And when you do that, whether you're on vacation, work vacation, or whether you are having a regular week at home, or whether you're in a product launch, all of that stuff will get done because of the perfect planning that you have done around your days, your weeks, and your most important life events. So that is it. And now I describe it as, you know, here's what I did on my vacation. Here's what you need to do in your week is design, uh, is schedule your business around your life not your life around your business. So your life goes on the calendar first, then your business stuff. And you know what? Don't think you're going to be less successful doing it that way. You'll actually be more successful. Mm, yes. Um, this is something that I actually realized as well with Joe's the first uh, guy I've ever dated with children. And during the school year, we have them every Tuesday and Wednesday and we like to be done work and pick them up at three o'clock from school. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays are actually some of our most productive days because we know our work days are shorter those days because we have family time after and we want to shut off with them. And I, and I didn't realize that that's exactly what I was doing. I was putting boundaries and guardrails up for these are the immersed work times. So oh, I'm so excited that you've added that to your workshop because this is going to be so valuable for so many people. Yeah. And you can look at analogies of so many other things, you know, like I'm sure you've done so many fitness competitions and you realize when you have fitness competitions, like your, your workout and your meal plan takes up so much time. So that goes on the calendar first, but it's not like you didn't get anything done. You probably became more productive. And a lot of entrepreneurs who have their first child or, you know, another child actually become more productive and more efficient 
when they have a child because now they're like, okay, I got to stop screwing around uh, with my time and actually take things serious. So it's kind of like the paradox of freedom and the paradox of structure. When everybody thinks, oh, I just wish I had all the time in the world to do whatever I wanted. But when you do that, you can actually waste your time. When you have the structure and the discipline and the boundaries, you become a very, very effective person with your time. And and I know this because I have clients who have five children and are very successful. I have clients who are lawyers with five children. I have clients who are neurosurgeons with, with three children. If they can do that and they train for marathons. So if they can do all that, what is wrong with the person who is the, you know, the 30 year old male trainer who's not getting anything done? Well, it's because he has no boundaries. And if you have no boundaries, everything bleeds into uh, your free time. So it's that's the glad that you've experienced it. And and I just love that story about you and Joe dominating your Tuesdays and Thursdays because, hey, listen, now you got a fire under your butt. And and you guys, I mean, it's amazing when you send in your weekly updates what you get done. It's absolutely impressive. Yeah. I have to say, though, we definitely look up to you. After aligning with you, we're like, God damn, this guy's productive. And I mean, you're known as the the godfather of productivity. So, I mean, your discipline and, and your, your productivity is, is insane. It actually pushes Joe and I. We're like, no, now we need to up level. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean that's that's a virtuous circle of being involved with you know high performing people, and, and you know that's another teaching lesson we could spend so much time on, which is surround yourself with people that make you play up a level in life. Whether you you know everybody knows the fitness example because so many people listen to this are like I want to train, I want to be strong. If you're the strongest person in your gym, you're in the wrong gym. If you're the fittest person in your gym, you're in the wrong gym. You know if if you're the one giving nutrition advice to everybody in your gym, you're in the wrong gym, and it's the same way within your business. If you're the most productive person, you got to, you got to up level. And you know, if you're the best salesperson, you got to go hang around people that are better salespeople. If you're the one who makes the most money, you really got to change that because you need to be in a room where you are the poorest, dumbest, laziest person. And if you put yourself in that room where everyone else is smarter than you, more effective than you, more successful than you, guess what? You are going to climb up to that level and you are going to get the most out of being in that room. Yes, yes. That's a a massive focus for Joe and I this year as well. Um, Let's go back and talk. Let's get into that Instagram talk. So you were away for for 31 days. You said you had your best sales. How did Instagram play into that? And let's talk about selling on Instagram, because I think there's so much confusion with people on how to just be authentic and sell and really, truly sell yourself. Yeah, so... I love Instagram. I mean, I've only been on it for just over a year now and just about at 20,000 followers. Yeah, you're never growing spent fast. A- you're growing really fast. Not as fast as some people. I always like, oh, yeah, those other people are growing faster. But I, I do appreciate that. And, you know, it's it's really it suits me very well because it's, you know, multiple updates. I have lots of things to say. Uh, it allows me to be raw and not have to be polished more like YouTube stuff. And for me, it's just, you know, getting quality content out there. It's leveraging the connections that I have. And then it's just speaking deeply and emotionally to to people. When I make my stories on Instagram, I'm always talking to one person. I'm always delivering value. I'm doing it consistently. I'm doing the video. And if you simply show up and follow, you know, those basic tenets, you're going to be so much better than 80% of everybody else. You're going to start making 
money on Instagram. Uh, if you follow this one rule, which is actually tell people that you, you have something for them to buy. I mean, most people spend years on Instagram growing their following and then don't actually ever tell people that people can buy something from them. Like, Hey, you know what? Just make sure that people know that you sell something and you'll make a lot of money on Instagram. And so, I mean, that has been helpful to people. And, and, but obviously you want to add value first and earn the right to make that ask. But that's a simple formula that I tell people to do. And Instagram has just been wonderful to me. Um, and it's allowed, you know, I, I have an Instagrammable lifestyle, even though my, I'm not an Instagrammable face or my hair is terrible, but my lifestyle is very Instagram worthy and people aspire to have the freedom that I have, the ability to succeed, the ability to hang around interesting people, the ability to have a nice, interesting lifestyle. And then they're like, okay, what does this guy know that I don't know? And then they dive deep into the purposeful and helpful content that I post every single time. Uh, you know, I, I tell people to do an audit of their Instagram and if the, a post that they've made is not helpful, if it's not shareable, take it down from your Instagram page because it, it just isn't worthwhile. So we, if you run all your posts through that type of filter, you're going to have stuff that is going to help you grow your Instagram following because people will share it. People will tell other people to follow you. And if you're consistent, you'll grow fast. Mm -hmm. So value first. I, I, I love that. I mean, that's what we tell all of our clients as well. I, but I think a lot of people get tripped up on what is value. So when you're going to do an Instagram post, what are some things going through your head to do an audit of, is this valuable? Oh, that is a super good question. And so first of all, <clears throat> I asked the classic marketing question, what is the conversation going on in my client's mind? So my post on a Monday morning is going to be very different than a post on a Friday afternoon. So I still want to give them content that is going to be applicable to them. It's going to be helpful to them. But on Monday morning, you know, most people are coming back from a weekend where they maybe didn't do all the right things. And, you know, maybe they didn't grow their business. Maybe they, you know, for a fitness expert, obviously people ate poorly over the weekend. So what, what can I say to them on Monday morning where they're going to go, that was the right message for me. That was perfect. Thank goodness that was posted there. And so it's a, it's a real motivational, Hey, you know, this is going to be an amazing week. You know, f you know, forgive yourself the sins of the past. Let's go dominate this week. And you can say that every single Monday morning for the rest of your life. And people will think it is the greatest thing since sliced bread. They will totally love it. So that is where I start people off. Then on a Friday afternoon, you know, everybody's winding down. They, they don't want to be pumped up on a Friday afternoon. What they want is, Hey, you know what? You made some great decisions. Here's, here are the five things that lead to happiness in life or here, you know, the five things that most people are grateful for. And it just gets people in the mindset of that. You know, one of the most common things or most popular posts that I put on Instagram on a Friday is, you know, the, the 10 habits of high performers on weekends. And my goodness, that one gets more likes and shares and comments than almost anything I've ever posted because it's timely. So you want to think, what's the conversation going on in the, in the, uh, prospects mind, you know, what's appropriate for them, what is possible that they will share, what is easy for them to get value out of. Most of the time I'm either posting videos where I'm teaching or I'm posting these little infographics that I found on other people's pages and I'm reposting them and giving credit to the individual, for the person that posted it first. And 
I mean, 50% of this stuff is reposted from other people, but it's highly valuable. And every single thing is curated so that, my goodness, I know that if I go to Craig's page on a Tuesday afternoon, it's going to say exactly what I need to hear for a Tuesday afternoon. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm looking for. And in addition to that, I also make sure that I have one post per week where I tell people, here's the business I run. Here's how you can work with me. And since I started implementing that just about a few months ago, every time I do that, it's worth thousands and thousands of dollars to me. And and I was not doing that for a long time. I thought, oh, I don't want to put anything on there about actually selling. And then I thought, okay, I'll try it once. And it was like within an hour, I made $10,000 because my workshops are five grand each and two people signed up immediately. And the reason why it works is because most people don't know what you do. They don't know what you sell. And so if you're a transformation expert and all you do is put up, you know, good content on nutrition and good content on exercise and you never tell people, oh, by the way, I'm a transformation coach and you can actually hire me, you're never going to make any sales because you're assuming like people will just randomly magically say, oh, I should hire you. No, they need to be told that they can hire you. So that is something I added into my mix in addition to the stories where I'm selling every day, but also selling once per week on my main Instagram feed and it generates a ton of leads and sales. Mm-hmm. So that those are kind of like the basic things that I do from my Instagram page um, to have purposeful posts that allow me to, to grow my following. And, and I, I mean, I'm not spending any money on Instagram, so I'm assuming that my following is growing because of the content I create and then also uh, the number of, of people who are influencers who have larger followings telling other people to go and follow me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep the content simple, actionable, valuable. And I love that you said, like, tell people what you do. And I see this so common as well. People just, you can't, I, you can't assume that people know what you do or how to contact you or that you actually want them to take action on a post. And, you know, if you even think about the, the, the end user on Instagram, it's such as a scroll, scroll, scroll mentality. So if we can gain that attention, we want them to take a certain action. We have to tell them. And it, it's so simple, but so effective. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, again, some of the things there, just make sure you know your audience and then don't post anything that is irrelevant. You know, like if you're posting like, like Hey, here's what I ate at Chipotle yesterday. And you're like a, you know, a strength training guru, it's not appropriate. It doesn't add value. It doesn't, everything I post has to move people ahead in the relationship with me. You know, it has to make them know, like, and trust me more. It has to make them, you know, interested in what I do. And and so I'm not going to put up stuff that just doesn't belong there. That's, you know, I'm not going to put up something funny because I want some likes or snarky because, you know, mood that I'm in that day. No, it's not about me. It's about everything I post is about how will this help a person on the other side who is scrolling through and, and, you know, seeing hundreds of images, how is it going to stand out and help? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you do a lot on Instagram story as well. And I think that this is still a fairly new platform that a lot of people feel confused about for Instagram story. So what is your marketing viewpoint on the story side? Uh, stories are where the money is. It yeah. Is, it is such a, a yeah, yeah. Stories are the money, money. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the opportunity that most people aren't using. Um, but stories, stories are shown to people only if they actually 
take the effort to go and look at your stories. And, and so that means if somebody's looking at your story, that means in 90% of cases, they searched it out. They didn't stumble across it. And so if they're searching it out, that means they really, 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 really want to hear from you. And that means they really know you. They love you. They trust you. And they think, you know, everything this person says is, is gold. So that's where you can do content and make that call to action. So, you know, I get about 10% of people watching my stories. I think yesterday I had 1,800 people watch a story and, you know, I have 19,000 plus followers. So that makes sense, about 10%. And, you know, they, there's a, a little bit of drop off as they go through the story, but I try and keep the valuable message to about a minute and a half. And then at the end of the minute and a half, after I've delivered really great content, then I make a call to action. I say, hey, here's what, here's what you need to do next in order to start working with me or to get my course, my Instagram course, or to buy my free book, you know, the free plus shipping book that I have, or to get on my email list, whatever it is I want people to do. I have given them great value where they'll go, yeah, that's a fair trade. I don't mind doing that. And so essentially, I realized about uh, almost a year ago that Instagram stories are the new version of email marketing. And so if anybody sends out an email, you know, what do you do? Well, there's about four or five steps in order to, to do good email marketing. The first thing is that you have to have a good subject line, good curiosity-based subject line. Now, what does that mean in Instagram stories? Well, it means that you are going to have really good curiosity in your first story slide. So I get, I, I pump people and say, oh my gosh, you know what? Like for example, today I made one on, on upsells and I said, I just did a coaching call with somebody. I made them $50,000 because they were totally leaving money on the table because they totally forgot one thing in the sales system that is like sales 101 and they totally dropped the ball here and I don't want you to make the same mistake. And so that's 14 seconds there of content and then they have to watch the next slide in order to get the information. And then I go on and teach for about 30 to 45 seconds showing them like, hey, here's exactly how you're going to structure an upsell so that you get more profit in your business and you make more money without any more effort. And then at the end of that, I say, hey, listen, if that was helpful, you know, imagine, you know, that was, you know, one minute. Imagine what I can do an entire day of working on your business. Just send me a direct message down below if you want more information on one of my upcoming business growth workshops. It's that simple. It's, just, it's generally the same formula every day. Here's some curiosity. I'm going to teach you something you really want to know. Then I teach them something that they really want to know. And then I say, hey, listen, I have proven to you that I can help you. And, you know, what? I'd love to work with you. So if you want my course, swipe up. If you want to come to one of my workshops, send me a DM, et cetera. And it's just it, it works over and over and over again because people now know what you do, how they can work with you. And you've told them the next step to do it. It's that simple. Not rocket science at all, but so super effective and profitable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What would you say to someone who says, Craig, I don't like to get on video. I'm shy. I'm scared of the camera. I mean, hey, that, that is very common and I totally understand it. And the thing is, it's not an excuse. And, and so it's it's OK for you to be there now, but you are not going to be there uh, even tomorrow, you're going to be better. And in two weeks from now, you're going to be even better. And in 30 days, you could be pretty darn good. I mean, I actually went so far, I heard this so often that I went and created a 30 day selfie video challenge on my Instagram that. page. I remember that. Yeah. And I had so many people make really great personal growth 
uh, not only in their ability to do video, but in the confidence in themselves. And so I'm going to do another one soon just because it was so rewarding. I got lots of clients from it because I was showing up consistently. And the thing is, is that you can get better at video in very, very safe and secure ways. So the first thing I teach people to do is instead of replying with text to text messages or Instagram direct messages, I want you to just start making 15 second videos. And so that, first of all, gets you comfortable with talking into your phone. It helps you articulate yourself in a very short amount of time. And it's actually faster than if you typed, because if you're like me, every single word gets typed wrong on Instagram. And I end up sending these messages that I have to then send a follow-up message saying, here's what I really meant. Uh, I didn't I didn't mean go scrub your bum. I meant go sell uh, your product. That's instead it came out, you know, autocorrected. And so... <laughs> Just go and start with that short little video messages and you realize, hey, you know what? This is not so bad. This is not so bad and I'm not so bad. And then you start making stories. And this is a place where you have plenty of opportunity to make mistakes because those stories are going away. And I like to you know, use the analogy that doing Instagram stories is like Chris Rock going into the comedy cellar in New York in front of you know 200 people and doing some pretty bad material in order to find that great material that goes in an HBO special. And so you go in, you do your stories and yeah, you know what? This one was not great, but my first one wasn't great either. And that's fine. You get better at it over time. And then you go in, you do it again tomorrow and you do it again, you do it again, you do it again. You get better at the call to action. You get better at articulating yourself. And the next thing you know, you're ready to make the big leap and do a video for your Instagram feed and you do it and you realize, you know what? Nobody complained. Everybody loved it. The world didn't end. And in fact, I got a whole lot more likes and, and comments than I get on anything else I ever post. I better do it again. And so you go and do it. And of course, you can always delete it if you don't like it. So there's there's nothing going on your permanent record here. So, you know, you can you can scratch it off. You can do it over. So just take that open hearted approach and realize Listen, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing it because I have content and quality content to share with people. And if you don't do it, if you don't do it, if you don't go out there and tell people about nutrition stuff through video, somebody else out there who's wrong is doing it and they're getting your customers and those people are getting bad advice from somebody who's willing to do video because you're not willing to do video because you're too selfish to protect your ego. So that's like my hard line approach. That's like when I, when I get, you know, really like coachy on people like, Hey, listen, stop being so selfish, go out there and, and think about the other people. So if all that other stuff didn't work, hopefully that one did. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, and I think like what you said, people get so stuck in their own ego of what other people are thinking, but from a business perspective, if you're holding back your gifts and talents and knowledge, then someone else who might not have as much, you know, skills as you is is just putting in the action. And this is what I've noticed with anybody who's successful, it's the action that you're taking. It doesn't necessarily have to do with how amazing your knowledge is. And unfortunately, it's those who are taking the action and those who are doing are the ones who succeed. And those who stay stuck in their self-conscious, you know, mind this is when they fall behind. And I always believe that I'm not one to ever complain about something unless I'm actually you know, doing the action alongside someone. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this ties, ties in so well with the anxiety stuff too, because mm. 
If you are not taking action in your business because you are running all these thought patterns through your head, you are going to end up with anxiety. And the way you get out of anxiety is when you switch everything from being self-centered to being outwardly outwardly focused. So now instead of thinking, oh, what are people going to think about you know my hair when I go and make this Instagram video? Now you think, I am going out there and I am helping Mrs. Jones get results with this video. I don't care if I look like a fool. I mean, hey, Craig Valentine has looked like a fool in videos that have been watched literally millions of times on the internet. I have videos that have been watched three million times and I look like a goof. And that is actually one of the greatest things that ever could have happened to me because now I realize, you know what, I can go out there and look like a goof and nobody cares, at least nobody that is relevant cares. Um, and it actually makes a great impact. So just go out there and think about, I need to make a video to grow my business and I need to make a video to help other people. And it's not about me, it's about helping other people. And that overcomes anxiety and, and grows your business at the same time when you are outwardly focused. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. So with you being so disciplined and driven, like what, what drives you to be so productive? Like where does your own internal drive come from? I, well, I mean, the internal drive may, might be a little bit difficult to, to, you know, pass on to somebody, but I realize I want to help people. And I realize there's a lot of things I want to help people with. And I've always been internally driven to help people overcome frustrations because I see a lot of things in life as being very simple. Again, as simple as does not mean easy, but you know, when I was a kid, I would see all these kind of like you know, government workers uh, or just, you know, regular folks sitting around at lunchtime complaining about how they couldn't lose weight. And I was like, it's so simple to, you know, to do this. And, and, you know, here's, you guys have just been fed misinformation. And so that, that kind of got me into like transformation in the fitness world. And then I realized the same situation was going on in business. I had all these personal trainer friends who were not making money. They were working so hard. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you just got fed the wrong information. So I just like to be, to help people get the truth, to make changes in their life. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword when you realize, you know, there's billions of people out there who need your help. Um, you can get to the point where you work too much. So you have to draw the line and have boundaries and everything. And that's where, you know, go back to that perfect week planning comes in place where you put in those boundaries for yourself. But I'm just driven to go out there and show people simple solutions for being successful in life so that they have less stress and are more successful. And, you know, as a result of less stress, have less anxiety because again, life, life is far simpler than we make it out to be. We just, for some reason, humans like to complicate things. But if you really thought about what a good life is about, it's about, you know, spending time with good people. It's about, you know, having good experiences, it's about living a healthy life. It's about having energy. It's about, doing all the things we know to do, but we don't do them for some reason. And I try and find ways to, I guess, trick people into doing the things that are right for them. So they have that better life. Mm, I love that. I have two more questions for you. And I think you might've just started on the one question. So what does fulfillment mean to you? What makes you feel alive and fulfilled? I love when people take action and send me back like, Hey, I did this and, and you really helped. Thank you. So 
I love doing that, and and uh, I love getting emails from people all around the world, and I love it when people read my books, and I love it when you know I like it when people like my stuff on Instagram too. I'm not going to lie, I, but I just love being of value and service to people. And if like if there was there was a point maybe middle of last year, there was like two weeks went by, and none of my really high performing friends asked me for help, and I actually kind of got in a bit of a depression because I just didn't feel like I was of value to people. And my friend Bedros Koulian talks about this all the time. He says, you know, dogs, like German shepherds, they're bred for that. And, you know, if, if the dog doesn't feel like it's useful, if it doesn't have some activity to do, the dog can fall into some type of depression. So I guess I'm like a German shepherd dog who didn't, you know, who wants to feel useful, useful and always making contribution and helping people. So that's the way I'm driven. And that, and that's the, what leads me to, to feeling fulfilled because certainly when I buy things, when I buy fancy stuff, nothing you know, I don't even keep stuff. I, I'm, I'm the opposite of a hoarder. I like to get rid of everything that I have. And so for me, I'm not fulfilled by material stuff, but I am definitely fulfilled by my interactions with other people. Mm, and I think that's so great too. When, when our own internal driver is something outside of us and especially those possessions, I mean, the, the happiness from that external possession, it, it comes and goes, but being of service to people is something that, I mean, it makes you want to be a better person, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's all about the outwardness. Oh my goodness. It's the, the more I realize that everything, almost every problem in life is solved by, you know, taking your energy and putting it towards other people. Mm, I love that. We're going to finish with the last question here, but before we do, is there anything else you'd like the audience to know or where can we find you? Where can we creep Craig Ballantyne? You know, best place to find me is definitely on Instagram I'm at real Craig Ballantyne. And, uh, you know, drop me a note there. I love interacting with people on the direct messages and all that stuff. That's another thing I love about Instagram. It's just got every way of communicating with somebody so convenient and so effective there. Uh, so find me there, you know, let me know how uh, my stuff has been helping you and grab my book, the perfect day formula at freeperfectdaybook.com. That would mean the world to me as well. Share that with your friends because, again, lots of simple and elegant solutions in there. And then just always remember that you know life is not about money or stuff. It's about people and experiences. So go out and make the right decisions for your right life so that you are spending your time wisely and really having that impact on the world that I know you can. Mm, so great, Craig. Thank you. So if you could go back to your 25-year-old self, what would you want him to know? How old? 25. I, I would tell myself to grow up, to stop wasting time, to stop drinking, uh, to start writing books faster, to start doing everything faster, to learn face-to-face -face selling. I would just tell myself to man up, as Pedro says. You know, I love stealing that line from him uh, and become more of an unstoppable force. Uh, that's my next book, Unstoppable. So I'd like mm. to throw in some uh, little self-promotion. But yeah, I mean, I would just, I would just kick myself on the butt and say, man, you are, you got so much going for you, um, and you're taking your sweet time doing it. So let's, let's, uh, get, get, uh, going here. That's really what I would say. Yeah. Just get into action faster. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Craig, for your time today, uh, for your wisdom. I loved chatting Instagram. Like that's, that's my jam as well. That's, uh, that's my, my baby where I love to hang out. So anyone listening here, go check Craig out on Instagram, check out his stories, drop him a DM. He will always write you back. So thank you so much, Craig. 
Thank you, Sarah. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am sarah.fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews. So if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show. 